Welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamer's editorial roundtable podcast. I am Scott Walker, and with me tonight are my co-hosts... Scott's wife, Sam Marcello. See what I did there? <laughs> and uh, this is Scott's friend and editor for the site, Trent Seeley, and I will continue to have the name Trent Seeley. After this podcast is posted. You don't want to marry Scott Trent? Not yet. I mean, <laughs> give it a few years. Guy. Give it a few years. And I am Michael Cunningham, Scott's nemesis, because that role hasn't been filled yet. So I guess oh, I'll do that. No, I have a nemesis. It's uh, John Bolding. Oh. Well, there goes that. Scott's, I'm Scott's boss then yeah i was gonna say acquaintance i don't know i'm not really a boss of anybody so i I think you've told me like three you've given me three direct orders and my quarterly performance review is eh, fine i guess exactly see i'm more of a hands-off boss as in i don't do anything and don't really you know show up a lot that's that's been our experience I like that. <sighs> the door is open. He might be in the office. You never know. Never it's okay. I'm I'm your personal nag, unfortunately, Mac. What can I say? I'm sorry. Hey. No, I need it. It's it's you, helpful. You need the poking. Once in a so, blue moon, it's I need you to do this, or I need this, or explain this, or I want this. As long as it doesn't come with panicking, I'm fine. <laughs> I try not to do the panic, and I try to limit that as much as I can. Wow. When it's not also panic plus murder. Oh, yeah. You know what? I love RPGs, don't y'all? I like yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. They're pretty cool. Sometimes. <laughs> maybe, like, once a year. Maybe. Uh, well, I only play Final Fantasy games, and only the ones from the Super Nintendo, so. There we go. And that's the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it was great to be here today, and thank you. Make sure to sign up on the forums, and oh, wait. Yeah, now, okay. I, think I was channeling Phil for a second. Oh, God. I don't understand why he hasn't just got a canned version of that. He says that every time, and I'm like... He's, that, it's programmed into a man. That, he's got it good. We're talking about stuff. Apparently, yeah. you know, there's a topic... About See, this is the thing about the, an editorial podcast, is there's a lot of editorializing that goes into this, so you kind of have to warm the the throat up and kind of get ready to talk. But we're going to talk about okay. fun stuff today. Yeah, so so this, this topic came out of a frustration I'm developing. It with... came out of your butt, let's just put it that no, way. No, no, it is a frustration that I am developing. This is starting to grind at my gears, and I need to talk it out with you guys, because this is... You know, it's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> but it, it comes from... It, it has to do with GOG.com. And GOG.com right. is a great storefront. And they're pretty cool people. But they launched this weird business partnership with The Escapist where every Saturday this guy named Stu will grab a, one of... Inevitably, one of the most meh titles out of their catalog to review it. And then... You go on the GOG Facebook where they repost the article, and everyone is just jumping down Stu's throat for being honest about an old game. <laughs> and it, it sort of occurred to me that... Now, is this... Uh, hang on a second. Which site did you say? 
The Escapist. Stu Shearer? Yeah, that guy. Our former editorial guy? Yes. Yeah. It's, it all comes back. It's full circle. Full circle. It's full circle, sweetheart. That's the one. How nice. It's, it's good to know what career options are for editorialists for the site. Maybe one yeah. day we too can bash older games. That rightly deserve it. I'm sorry. Let's do let's, it today. Let's, let's let's put it there. Stu hired me, which I thought was kind of funny. Because <laughs> he was like, you're weird. I don't know what to do with you. But and then he basically the... sent me to Michael. <laughs> it's like, he's yours. Indeed. So... <laughs> Sorry to disrupt yeah. the train of thought. And yeah, it's it's fine. But what 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 it, what it sort of led me to is that it is a pain to recommend old games to people, because on the one hand, if you haven't like j- just the idea of sitting down and playing, taking someone entirely new in some elements to the medium and saying, "Here's Planescape Torment," go. And I'm like, you can't, you, it, you can't do it. Like if they are not ready for what the games of that era were, they, they can't Planescape. They can't. That's well, a good I, example. Go, I, I'm, go I'm just thinking like, like a, a lot of the bigger names I feel on uh, GOG are, are like some of the real classics of the Western RPG genre, like the old boys, wizardry, might magic, Ultima. And uh, they, evolved from iteration to iteration but the way that things were originally done it was kind of like it, it, it almost doesn't make sense for them to be on gog because most of the storyline for instance would have been in the manual you know yep. you wouldn't have you wouldn't have actually been able to play the game and understand what was really going on without having a booklet in front of you which well, you wouldn't get with the digital download they they do also include high-res pdf versions of the manuals in most cases like they're good about giving you as much of the feelies as possible feelies is what they called drm back in the day (laughs) but truthfully like how many of us in this day and age truthfully would go up to a new person to the genre and say you should play wizardry or ultima well and even talking to like after the ultima episode of rpg backtrack barry went out and bought ultima four five and six and i'm like she did play them why on earth would you those are good purchases (laughs) no but you know it's like I'll, i'll tell you a story it's not really rpg related but scott and i had an experience where my nephew came over one day and we bought dr luigi on wii u and i had never seen my nephew like my nephew's such a perfectionist I had never seen him so angry with Dr. Luigi and he couldn't figure out why Scott thought it was fun. Right. And we told him it's like, this is a game. Both of us grew up playing. Like we loved it. It was fun. It was challenging. And he just sat there. He's like, this is a piece of garbage is what he said to us. Like it, it's, I, it was, it was literally like watching those kids react to Pong videos. <laughs> but it, it's kind of the same idea here because funny enough, week later i saw him again he goes anti sam i'm playing xenoblade and it's like the greatest rpg i've ever played i'm like matthew it's the only rpg you've ever played no he's played every pokemon game i don't Give count him pokemon that. in this Give category just because i'm sorry i played pokemon at his age i'm not counting it xenoblade was a big step up yeah let's, you make let's a good point way. with a lot of this though and you know going from my own experience talking about those I hear everybody talk about uh, the one you brought up earlier, Planescape Torment. 
everybody talks about how great of a RPG it is, one of the best of all time, one of the classics. Mm-hmm. And as true as that may be, like you said, it's hard to go back to nowadays. Even with all the mods, I tried installing all of the mods and all of the updates that they had, and there was tons of them. But still, it was a rough experience to go back to, and it wasn't something that I was – it was a design issue. It didn't – it goes into one of my favorite things to nitpick in an RPG, and that's user interface yeah. and menus. And those seem like the most asinine things to think about because you know RPGs are about story or the battle system or the music or the visuals. No, it's about playing the heroic cursor. But... Oh, oh my gosh! In, in, in cursor games, where where there's sub menu after sub menu after category after sub menu, oh, it's tough. But I'm with Michael. Like, you have to have a good menu because it's the one thing you're going to be interacting with all the time. And, and some of those older computer games, yeah, some of the older PC games are look so at, rough for that. Look at Earthbound. Perfect example of one of the worst inventory systems in an RPG ever. Because not only was it a limited one. But you had to play the magic shuffle game where it was like you had to drop something because why? You couldn't hold on to it. And it was just a cumbersome way of doing it. Like, whereas you had a game like Chrono Trigger where it's like, oh, hey, you can carry 99 of this one item, which doesn't make any sense. But at least in design, it makes sense because, hey, like you can interact with the menu. You know that you have 99 of this one item. You're not playing Tetris. Um, I'm with you. Like whenever I go back and play an older RPG, um, which I don't do as much as I used to, I, I try to. I don't do it all anymore. <laughs> I, I, I do it too to. much. I do it way too much. Um, <laughs> I reinstalled Deus Ex One last week. I, I, I of course, I, I, I got through the the first thing on this on Liberty Island. I don't think I'll go back to that file. But you know, it hap- it happens to me at least every year is I find an excuse to reinstall Deus Ex and play I mean, it's, it's Statue weird. of Liberty it's, every time. It's, it's weird because um, I feel like most most RPGs, especially JRPGs, don't age really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and some sometimes like the graphics will. Like uh, I still look back at like Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger and and, uh, and, I, and, I, and Earthbound as well and I, I see those graphics and the, the colorfulness to it and I, I'm I today think they look great, and, oh. and I, I really appreciate the music. I feel like the presentation value, uh, in some cases, is still there for most of the 8-bit and the uh, 16-bit games. Maybe not so much for the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 games. Hey, but I, hey I can't knock, you can't knock Valkyrie Profile. That game is still frigging gorgeous. Well, it was that, that's all sprite work, though. I know, talking, but that's what I'm talking about. If we're talking about games that don't use like hand-drawn stuff and, and rely oh, I know. on they actually like, use... polygons and textures. Ugh. Yeah, they're pretty ugly. Yeah, they, they 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 become pretty jaggedy, and even even stuff like Final Fantasy X, which especially with the HD update, doesn't look that bad. I mean, like you can still tell that it's kind of antiquated. Uh, you can still see the jankies. They but, didn't uh, really iron them out that much. One, one of the things, one of the things playing. that doesn't, one of the things that doesn't age really well though in uh, any game really is is the way it controls. You know, is there are certain there are certain uh, dynamics to controlling RPGs and upgrading characters and 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 moving them and there there's certain. Uh, conventions, I guess, that have kind of evolved with the times, and earlier games just aren't going to have them. It's the nature of the beast. And I, I think I, there were, yeah, 
Yeah, I think there were certain ages that they didn't do that in. Like some of the ones you mentioned, the PlayStation era, some of those are a lot rougher. But you go back to the Super Nintendo era in the you know, the Japanese side of things, and I think a lot of those have aged really well. I can go back and play Final Fantasy 4 and 6 easier than I can like Final Fantasy 7 just yeah. because I think it was designed – in a more classic style, and it's not just, you know, my nostalgia talking. I could actually pop it in and play it. I can replay Final Fantasy 1. I've replayed those games recently, yeah. and, you know, I couldn't as easily go back through Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. I replayed yeah. those on the, well, the I mean, PSP. It, it, helps if, it helps if you're a fan of sprite work, which I think most uh, most long-standing RPG gamers probably are. Well, and and I think this is kind of where one of those areas where the East-West divide is just that much stronger. Because, because, I mean, as much as, yeah, I love Baldur's Gate, it's, I'm having a rough time of it with the Enhanced Edition right now. Like, I've, I've, I've tried to get into it and I just keep putting it down for other things. Yeah. And it's, it's. It's it's funny because I I try to get I try to turn someone on to playing uh, Ultima Six, which I really like. I really liked Ultima Six. Ultima Six is a pretty good Ultima. It's a pretty good Ultima, and this is the, well, I've I've played all the way up to nine, and after nine, I pretty much gave up on. I almost gave up on life in general. Yeah, <laughs> Ultima Nine will do that. <laughs> nine will test your mental strength. It really will. But like, I, I really I really like that game, and um, the person I showed it to had no idea of what I saw in the game. I mean, like outside of the fact that uh, like the controls were really basic from like a Western RPG point of view, the graphics just don't hold up. They're not pretty. But like you said, like older JRPGs, some of those can. Well, and here's the thing, like, like right now we are in an environment where a, and I'm going to keep using the hypothetical 13 year old kid as an example here where he has an iPad he can buy a Chemco game, doesn't matter which, and he can buy um, Chrono Trigger at the same time. And I feel yep. like those are more readily comparable than, say, you know, him, me grabbing, showing, showing the same hypothetical kid, Baldur's Gate Enhanced, and, you know, Dragon Age 1. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you mean on the East-West Divide for sure stands out because I feel like the Western side of RPGs have always adhered to a certain formula. They have a kind of a D&D background that they're going with, and they've come up from you know Ultima, Baldur's Gate, things like that, Neverwinter Nights, and they've changed into something that's still recognizable. You know, even some of those systems recognizable in the Dragon Age origins. Yeah. yeah. But they've improved so much. Whereas the and core of the JRPG is much more solid. It's, yeah, I, I, I would it's an accessibility also, thing. It really I would, is. I would also suggest that the Western genre, in terms of presentation alone, probably suffers because I believe it's always strived for realism, in a sense. Like they, they, the the human models were always um, to scale in some way. The character designs were vaguely realistic. It was still based on fantasy things like D and D. There's still like dragons and kingdoms and and knighthood and all that jazz. But like the the art style specifically is more akin to something that's 
I, I feel is, is aiming to be something more realistic. Whereas with JRPGs, you can have sprites of all size. The core of it's very uh, fantasy-esque. Like, like the inn and your on the overworld, the inn and the red mage are the same size, and you just oh, roll with it. Oh my god, yes. It, it, well, characters, and... char- characters have pink hair, and like, like it's and it's and it's, it's accepted. I mean, people people have grown to not only appreciate that as the standard for JRPGs, but expected. Whereas uh, with Western games, I feel like they really do suffer because they can't get away with pulling off the same graphical styles because they're trying to be more gritty and realistic. You Not know? just that, but if we're using, let's say, a 13-year-old kid as an example, JRPGs just really are more accessible. If, you, if, if you're 13 and you're learning how to play an RPG for the first time, you know, I make fun of my nephew, but Pokemon is actually a perfect, great start. Yeah, it's plus. easy to understand, easy menu, easy interface, you know. Easy pre- language? Yeah. Like, you're not thrusting them into something where it's it's too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. I tried to watch me play Deus Ex Human Revolution, and he just couldn't comprehend it. He looked, and he was like, I don't, I don't understand this. Well, I, I, I could see him, I like, could hand him Baldur's Gate, and I could see him looking at the Select Your Class screen. And just right, and just tilting out right there, like, and it's not to say my nephew's not smart. My nephew is a genius. It's just I oh, know yeah. for him, it's a case of you know he wants to be able to pick it up and play it, and that's why you know as much as I rag on Chemco, right? The formulaicness of it makes it so perfect for accessibility, just just yeah. to learn. Whereas the Western games, because they have the D and D background, a lot of them, um, if you've never really played D and D before. Let's face it, you have a bit of a hurdle for learning. The learning is always bigger. And, you know, I don't blame a lot of kids for not wanting to jump into games like Baldur's Gate or Dragon Age. Um, You know, like, I probably am going to buy my my nephew a copy of Final Trigger on the DS if I can find it again. Just because, you know what, I think for him, that's a perfect, another perfect RPG to learn with. I think you've got a good point there, too, and that's the biggest thing that I can say is I remember playing my first RPG when I was 10 years old. Um, I played Final Fantasy on the Nintendo at 10 and picked up Final Fantasy 4 shortly after that, probably around 11 years old. And they were easy to get into. They were simple. There was nothing complicated about it, yet I couldn't imagine myself diving into something like Baldur's Gate back then. No, I, neither could I. Like, my yeah. first RPG I finished was Chrono Trigger. I played, like, Final Fantasy and whatnot, but for me, Chrono Trigger just had the hook. It had all the simplicity right there. Yeah, and I wasn't really a PC guy anyways until, you know, I was, like, 16. I think Warcraft 2 came out, and that was the first real computer game I was interested in. So I'm kind of coming from a different perspective on this. Well, you're not, actually, if you think about it, though, Michael, because it depends. If you grew up as a kid with a PC or with a console. That's just what you know, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that's sort of how the background works. Like Scott and I always talk about the fact that um, he grew up with a PC and a PlayStation, and I was, you know, a Nintendo girl for a very long time, and then I turned into a Sony girl for a very long time. When he first met me, I didn't PC game at all. Like the closest thing I was imagining and of the tentacle. That was it. Why? I didn't have a computer. I don't make houses if I wanted to use their computers to play their computer games. Mm-hmm. It was just how it was. Yeah. Whereas he would look at me like, mm, that's just weird, right? Because 
but I'd tell him, like, I have all the consoles. Because I was that kid that had to have all the consoles to play all the games. Um, those are some of my fondest memories, just because of the fact that that's how I grew up. Mm. You know? do, do you really think that's the same thing for kids nowadays, though? Do you think that kids would have the same trouble getting into, and I don't think they would, you know, getting into something like Baldur's Gate, or let's go in a different direction, you know, something like World of Warcraft. Look at how young kids are getting into that. I Not think... Getting into th- I, I think I think there are inherent challenges, and, and I, I say this because I and I'm sure some RPG fans are gonna really dislike me saying this, but I feel like thematically, to generalize, um, JRPGs have more going on that I feel like kids can relate to. There's like an angstiness there. There's a teen drama, basically. Like, like there's they there, design them that way. There, there, they really there, do. There are elements of most jrpgs that feel like i mean like any kid can understand this and relate to this because the themes are usually like being an outcast or being excluded they're definitely or, or... more universal and then, and, and suddenly there. you're the you're the hero that saves the entire world whereas with in friendship RPGs, <laughs> with, with with friendship whereas in western rpgs you're still the hero that has to save everything but it's more like it's all on your plate and it's going to be delivered to you in a very different way i, I feel like it's it's like comparing wine to a cooler. And I, you know I... what? I think, <laughs> I think that's a debatable point, though, because there are JRPGs that have more complicated stories, obviously. Um, a great example of one I played growing up was Suicoden and Suicoden 2. Those do not use a lot of those diehard tropes because they're all political-based. Right? So, I think even those... Like, I, I they still have some of the universal themes, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think... Me being 13 and playing those games, you know, I think back and it's like, wow, that was a lot to digest by comparison to the usual save the world plot. Yeah, I think content wise, that's the biggest thing is that Japanese developers for the longest time have been aiming for that younger age. And it's, you know, it was the market they designed for. You look at, you know, just even moving beyond Pokemon and stuff like that. Well, look at Mario RPG. Or Dragon yeah. Quest is another good Dragon one that Quest. is, like, firmly aimed at the wallets of 10-year-olds such that they can't release them on weekdays anymore. And okay. along okay. with all of that, too, it's not just that, but, you know, they focus the characters, all the main characters are in their teens you know the hero of the game is usually like 17 years old at the oldest if you have somebody that's 30 they're generally a grandfather or you know an old knight or they and, die right you know, at the Trent, end of the tutorial section yeah trance point stands as far Absolutely. as the way they're aimed but at the same time honestly it's not so much that i think they're dumbed down as much as I think the western side of things is more scaled up it is more for the you know adults. Up, upper teens to adult yeah. age I, I, w- I would I would never suggest or... that they're dumbed down I, I honestly don't think they are I just think that if I was a teenager or younger or if I was new to the genre of RPGs I would probably find more things relatable in yeah. JRPGs than I would uh, an adventure title that is within the Western RPG genre, you know? I mean, with this generation of, you know, teenager, the fact, yes, they have all the technology at their hands. You know, I look at Matthew, Matthew, and he was, like, big in Adventure Quest. Like, my aunt bought him World of Warcraft. He looked at that and was like, that looks like too much. 
was what he told her. So he played Adventure Quest for a while, and he loved it. Like, it was just enough for him. Because, again, like Trent said, content-wise, the characters, the story, everything just meshed with him. It was something he could relate to and understand. Uh, I'm not saying that's all kids, because when I was teaching ESL, a lot of my kids were into League of Legends. And it was always, Miss, why aren't you playing League of Legends with me? Or why aren't you playing COD with me? And it's like, guys, I'm your teacher. I'm not playing COD with you. <laughs> like, let me, let me ask you all something on, on this topic then is I know we've been talking one direction as far as us recommending we're about one direction. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, we danced talking... all night to the best song ever. And it sounded a lot like the who. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm glad to know that I don't know anything by them. So I'm glad to be that out of touch with reality. Um, we've been talking the direction of going, us recommending older games to other people. What about what games have you been recommended that were older classics that even, you know, forget the 13-year-old kid. What about us? We've talked about what we've recommended to other people. What has been recommended to you that you've not been able to get into and why? Oh, Scott, everything I've recommended to you mostly. Oh, yeah, like Sam, there was a there was this period of about a year and a half where Sam really tried to run me through the gauntlet of PlayStation 1 Essentials, and I just could not. Like, I I'm, could... I'm very sorry, because I'm like, not the biggest fan of the PlayStation 1's library. There's not a ton well, of things on it that, that I, I love. Um, like, I tried with... I gave him... Uh, what did I give you? I gave you the Alker profile, and you appreciated the ideas that the game had. You really just couldn't get into the actual gameplay. Like, the, the actual gameplay of just wait, wait, I run around and deal with ran the these random blob monsters and then I just mash the buttons. <laughs> like, I have to do this for how many hours before I get story again? Uh, yeah, yeah um, I remember I gave you Persona 1 back when I actually had it on PlayStation 1. And I remember you were like, I have to go get over crosswalks? <laughs> this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon my French, but that's what he said to me. And I know I gave you Shadow Hearts on the PS2. Oh, you, Shadow Hearts. You had a hard time with that one. Uh, and then finally, the game the game that solidified our relationship, I gave him Persona 3. Well, that, that, was that was contemporary the that, at the time, Yeah, though. that's a little more recent. But that, that was the one that sort of was like, after a whole year and a half of trying, you know, <laughs> that was the one. But he had the same problem with me. Like, he wanted me to play a Deus Ex 1. I couldn't do it. I was just like, I can't do this. This is. But it's a classic. It's like, it, it, well, that, and you know, Scott's argument was like, it's my favoriteest thing ever, and I'm like, and I'm sorry, but it's so janky, and I can't tell what I'm doing half janky. the time. Right. And okay, I just, and I, I will admit that Deus Ex is flawed in a number of ways, but it's Deus Ex. Come on. It's, it's no, no, special. but I'm just saying, like, for him, it's a special game. It didn't try and make I... you play the Human Revolution, which I think is a blessing. Well, <laughs> She volunteered to play Human Revolution and oh, then shot Sam. everybody in the kneecaps. Oh, Sam. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to play Human Revolution because we had met Elias Tofexes, and I was like, I want to play the game before we meet, like, before we do our interview with him so I know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh. Actually, don't don't make don't take my con my comments to heart. Uh, Human Revolution is a good game. I just I I love the original, and I think I think it is it's not anywhere near the quality of. Oh. The well, Deus Ex Human <laughs> Revolution is at its worst when it's trying to remind you that it's a Deus Ex game. Yeah, 
Well, and you know, and that was the thing. It's for me, just the gameplay in the original Deus Ex was just for me, it was too clunky. Like I'd sat there and I'm like, Scott, I'm not having fun. I'd have more fun watching you play and you giggling to yourself than me playing this game. And I did the same thing for Baldur's Gate. He gave me Baldur's Gate and I tried so hard. And this was after I'd finished, was it Mass Effect, sweetie? Yeah, you, Ma you had played Mass Effect and I think you were eyeing up Dragon Age and I said, try this one first. I did better with Dragon Age, funny yeah. enough. Um, well, some of that is just, I think you will, I, I personally think you, Sam, will always grasp a game much more readily if it is mapped to a controller. It's true. Like, for me, PC gaming is just not my strong suit. I'm, I am learning now how to PC game, which is really embarrassing to say, but... Um, it's not embarrassing. You no, it, it, consoles. It, it's embarrassing when you have to ask your husband, did I map the keyboard right? Because <laughs> my dude's going backwards. Well, well, to him, it's probably like riding a bicycle, but, I mean, it's. I don't think there's any... I don't. I don't think you know. It's it's each their own. You know. I know, but for me, you know, I look at it and I'm just like, I don't get this. Well, I have a quick question, just to kind of get a perspective on this, if you all don't mind answering. Sure. And I could look this up, but I don't have it readily available. What ages are we dealing with here? How old are each of you all? Uh, I'm going to be. Oh my God, 28 on my wedding day. I'm 28. 27. I'm 25. You're 25. Max, okay. you're the oldest. <laughs> yeah, I'll be 34 next month. So. Oh my god. Okay. I'm just trying to get an. You, you, you don't look a day you. over 33. I know. <laughs> it's a good thing because I'm not. Um, I always remember your birthday for some reason. <laughs> I'm just trying to get an idea of you know kind of what age range we're looking at to kind of get a comparison because thinking about what you would recommend and I kind of hear you know the PlayStation era is one thing that I hear you all talking about going back to um, and that tends to be a lot of people's first experience because I think that's when the the RPG market really started to boom as far as well Final Fantasy 7 more... changed everything for yes everyone that's that the amount of choice you had on the PlayStation was insane that's, that's that's not to say that I wasn't recommended I didn't get a chance to answer last time but I, I oh I, yeah I, yeah yeah sorry I have been I have been a like recommended games that I didn't really jive with for the Super Nintendo. Um, one of them is Illusion of Gaia. Dug the soundtrack, did not like the game, but the person who was selling it to me, well, not not actually selling it to me, but the person that was pushing the title to me assured me that it was the best thing ever. And the same person would go on to recommend uh, Secret of Evermore because I was a Secret of Mana fan. And, oh, boy. Uh, and that that super did not jive with me. I was I was annoyed at that for a, a multitude of reasons. First of all, I was annoyed because I had heard that a, a sequel was being made to Secret of Mana, and we weren't getting it because Secret of Evermore came out. And then I said to myself, "This game better be good." And I hated it. I couldn't stand. It. I'm sure it has fans. <laughs> I'm sure it has fans. I'm sure their names are Wheels. I'm sure. <laughs> if Kawazu, if Kawazu. <laughs> On anything, he would he would probably still treasure it, you know. <laughs> we love Which people. he does about every game he develops. Oh my um, gosh! But, but but yeah yeah. So so there have been instances from the 16-bit era where I've been recommended stuff I didn't jive with. Actually, I will tell you that nothing that had been recommended from uh, the PlayStation era, 
I've disliked. I I I've, I like pretty much every RPG I've played from uh, the PS One. Except for Delta. We need to work on that. We need to get you I playing actually, like Gaia like, 2 or some other god-awful okay, trash. To, to be fair, I haven't played much of Kudelka. Um, I think I I broke my own game because like uh, I, I reached a save point without certain key items. Now I can't beat the game. But I liked it. I thought it, it did some things that were good. Um, the only game, I think the only RPG from that era that I didn't really play was Shadow Madness. Is that what it's called? Nobody played Shadow Madness. But I wanted to. I remember renting Shadow Madness and going, I don't get this. Take it back to the video store. Okay. Now, the reason I was asking about the age, too, and kind of getting an idea of this is I was curious to say what our idea is as far as when we started not liking everything. I remember there was a certain time back in the day when any RPG I play, I was like, oh man, this is great. I just love it. I can't put it oh, down. Yeah, the golden age of Squaresoft. <laughs> you know, for me, it was the Super Nintendo era. Um, once I got into... Oh, sort of like how the golden age of science fiction is, you know, 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me... You know, once I got into the PlayStation era, there were a few games that I was able to tolerate getting through, but that's when I started to lose my patience with them. And I stopped going and trying to force myself through games, and I stopped really caring, you know, interesting. You mentioned Legend of Gaia. That was one of the first ones that I remember getting and being like, oh, I can't wait to play this and play it for a couple hours. This is so great. Played it for a few more hours, and I'm like, yeah, this, this sucks. I don't think I can keep going <laughs> and just kind of burning out. I think uh, I probably yeah, I still you're finished. Pre- you're preaching to the wrong choir. Sam and I are pretty ardent Legend of Lagaya fans. <laughs> we love Legend of Lagaya. We are like the two people in the world who loves Legend of Lagaya. I couldn't care less about two. And but that's exactly what I think I see is could you go back and play it now? You probably think you could, but what? how recently have you tried? It, it is weird because when you talk to people um, who are not necessarily huge fans of the genre or, you know, haven't really uh, spent a lot of time playing these sort of games and you introduce them to you, they're so much better than you ever will be at pointing out the flaws. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I've gotten pretty good at pointing out the flaws of, like, PS3 games and, and that sort of thing because I don't really jive with the RPGs that have been released this past console cycle. I don't even know why. But uh, if, if we're looking back at, like, games from the PS2 era, the PS1 era, the 16-bit era, I'll sit down with people and they'll be like, yeah, I don't know why this does this. This makes no sense. It's bad game design. And then I'm like, yeah, that is bad game design. Why did I not care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's uh, the kind of thing I was trying to get at and trying to really understand is looking back on some things and really seeing how much I enjoyed them versus – and uh, like I mentioned earlier, Final Fantasy VI is one of the games I really, you know, grew up with. It's not my favorite of all time and all of that. But in replaying it, um, I guess on the Game Boy or trying to play it recently on the Super Nintendo, I was just reminded of there's certain things that make that game special to me. And I think nostalgia is one of those. I think it really builds on the nostalgia. It has a great cast of characters, but once you know the story, you kind of know the story. Uh, the gameplay for me is, you know, it's, it's good. And 
there's nothing wrong with it. I don't hate the game by any means, but I think that one has a stronger nostalgia factor for me than it does, you know, quality to go back and replay it. And when we were doing the battle system battle royale, you know, I went back and tried to replay it. Oh, and gosh. it just can we just talk about that for a second? Because I really found the battle royale to be illuminating for a number of reasons. Uh, I really, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was looking at games that I, I think are technically still on my um, like top game list on our profile pages. Mm-hmm. And in the Royale, I was like, man, there are a lot of flaws of this game. Like I, I was looking at Grandia 2, for instance, which actually won the Battle Royale for, <laughs> for, for the battle systems. And, and I don't get me wrong, I really like that battle system, and I really like that game, but everyone... Everyone said the same thing that the battle system from Grandia Three is better, and they're right, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember recommending Grandia Two without any hesitation. I didn't even think about Grandia Three, you know. Yeah. So I, I feel I feel kind of bad for the nomination process, but but you know what? But think about it. Yes, Grandia Three has the better battle system, but at the end of the day, which is the one you still, in a way, had fonder memories of? Too. Yeah. It's true, but that was supposed and to that's, be and I know that's divided from separate, the... and I think that was the impossible issue with the Battle Royale, is that it, it was impossible to kind of keep that separate, no matter, I think, how hard the staff had tried. You can yeah. see just that little bit of favoritism for the yeah. one that they wanted seeping in. I never played Grandia 2, okay? I tried, I borrowed Grandia 3 from Adrian, I was bored to tears. I remember because the, I sat there like, because the story in that game is awful. That's horrible. Why. It's horrible. Oh, not just the story. That opening theme song. Like, gosh, everything I kill myself every time I hear it. <laughs> except that battle system was mm-hmm. horrible, and I just couldn't, I couldn't make myself play it. No, the battle system does not hold it up. And that's the problem. I think in some cases, you have to have a whole package. Um, for me, when I recommend a game, you know, I always have the preface of, Okay, here's the problems of the game, but here's why I love it. And if you're willing to try it, awesome. Like, and if you want help, cool. Like, you know, I'm reviewing Disgaea 4 for the site right now. Yeah. I am learning that Disgaea is one of the most overwhelming series I've ever encountered. And this is my first Disgaea game. Yeah. It is a very you, overwhelming This is your first one and your My first one. Oh, I know. This is a bad choice, apparently. It's not. It's not a bad choice. It's no, just, it's gonna be a wake up call. Like the, 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 <laughs> when when, when right. I played the first Disgaea, which was it was a challenge. I mean, it's the whole thing's a grind fest. First of all, it's a bad choice because of the fact that the game assumes that you played the other ones. Guys, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this back to my inherent distrust of nostalgia. Yes, I think we were oh, hitting on that on the battle great. system royale talks. Um, but yeah. it and this is it is that. You know, there, there's a, there's a, some of this that is always going to, when you're going back into the back catalog and telling people, no, you must, you, you absolutely have to play Baldur's Gate 2, Minsk and Boo are amazing. Uh, you, there, there's always a nostalgia factor for me for that. And I, I get worried about it. Like, even when Sam was dragging me through the PlayStation 1, I was like, you know what? This, like, Shadow Hearts is here because you liked it when you were 13. It's not here because it's great. And I had trouble kind of communicating that. Yeah, and but... it's part of why I occasionally revisit things from my youth to prove that I had taste when I was 10. And most of the time, it kind of doesn't work. There's some good episodes of the Ghostbusters cartoon 
But it's not great. <laughs> but you know what, Scott? Yeah. Never once were you disrespectful about it to me. Like, you, you, in a weird way, when you would sit there and play those games with me, and I was like, hey, I was 13 and I love this. You were never disrespectful about it. You were always just kind of like, Sam, are you sure? Or... I, I think, and, I think... and he tried to find, I guess, what I loved about it, just as, you know, whenever I would try to play the PC games that he gave me, he'd be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And I'd have to sit there and be like, honey, like, I love you. Um, I can barely get far enough in Baldur's Gate to give a shit about Minsk and Boo. Mm. And he'd just look at me with this these sad puppy dog eyes like, but Minsk and Boo, and I'd be like, it's okay, honey. You can appreciate it still, and I'm okay with not. Yeah, I think I think there's something to that. Um, I there, I, I, the assumption that something is is really good and it will always remain really good is, and, and this is something that we learned during the Battle Royale is is really not. It doesn't hold up. Um, one of the instances from Battle Royale was like the Legend of Zelda games, and the the Legend of Zelda game that went the distance in Battle Royale was uh, Ocarina of Time, mm. which was really innovative and really important to the series, but everyone and their mom chimed in to say, well, Skyward Sword had more precise combat, and Twilight Princess uh, refined all these mechanics. You know, there was... there. <laughs> these, Thank these... God I didn't open my mouth about the Zelda series. I tried. It was a... No, because... Uh, short-sighted, open... short-sighted on my part, I'm sure. Honey, but... if I had opened my mouth, it would have been, Zelda's the same freaking game you played back when you were a kid. But but, but right, it's part part of it. Part of it is the reputation of it's the game. It's the reputation and the nostalgia. Yeah, and and I feel like I remember when they were advertising the remake of Goldeneye for the Wii, and the the advertisement was a man sitting in a room with a bunch of random dudes, and of course it was all guys sitting around a table, and they would have been around our age, and they and he said. Raise your hand if you think that Goldeneye is the best shooter of all time. And they all raised their hand. And it made no sense for a number of reasons. There have been better shooters since. Yeah, shooters the that fact they're wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're, they're just wrong. Every, that... every, most people would tell you that these people are categorically wrong. Like they, they clearly don't understand the amount of refinements that have gone in. I mean, shooters are one of the... People can say what they want about RPGs, but the first-person shooter genre... I can I name mean, shooters that came out before Goldeneye that are streets ahead of what that put out well it, it's it's a rat race though like yeah. regardless of of the quality of it at the time and and i do believe that the quality of it at the time was top notch i mean no shooter is going to hold up over time the graphics are going to change the gameplay is going to change the whole mechanics of this is, is going to improve down the line there, there's no way that it can maintain its level of perceived quality it's 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 a rat race you know, Let's face I, it, it was fugly to begin with. Yeah, but the thing that the thing that bothered me was everyone was so ardent about it being the best of all time, and it had that weird reputation. It was a weird mix of nostalgia and reputation that I think colored it for the wrong reason. And I'm sure the same thing happens with JRPGs. Oh, Probably with Western Final RPGs too. And with, with Zelda, and with basically the old, you know, Infinity Engine games. You know, they of, have reputations. Yeah, speaking of Infinity Engine games, this is something I'll ask Scott. You've mentioned it a few times, the Enhanced Edition of Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. They are updated versions, but they're still the same thing. Like, it, you know, it, is, not, it is not a total conversion. Like, I think if you really wanted Baldur's Gate 1 to compete in this environment, a total conversion mod so that it ran in Dragon Age Origins engine with full voice acting... Exactly, and that's would what we do get it, nowadays. But right now, it's like this is 
Baldur's Gate slightly better. Yeah, that's egg- what we... Which is what some people want. Yeah, which is, I think, it, it is cashing in on... It's cashing in on people who remember it fondly, you know, from the, what, what was it, 1999, 2000, when it came out? Yeah. Yeah, so remem- remembering it fondly from 14 years ago, not so much as new, like, it, it's not looking to for... For new customers. It's, it's not. It's not trying to change the wheel or anything. And I think I, I, we've touched on this before uh, with with relation to like a Final Fantasy VII remake and how ill sighted that may be because there will be the people who want it to be as pure as possible and as akin as possible to its original format, and then there will be the people who expect a full re- remake, like a, a complete yeah. overhaul of the that graphics down, the every, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that kind of gives the point, you know, looking at something that did take place, Super Nintendo's Final Fantasy IV versus the DS version, you know, there was, they were, just forget quality, they were, it was a total jump up, they tried to make it new, even look at the PSP version, you know, it looked brand new graphically, a brand new art style, but like, you know, like you said, Scott, it's just the same game with some touch-ups to make it a little better, and does it even look that much better than the original? I'll, I'll fight to the death to claim that the PSP one absolutely does. <laughs> oh, I mean, on, yes, I, I agree on that. I'm talking Baldur's Gate. That's what I was oh, asking yeah. for Scott. With Baldur's Gate 2 versus Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition, does it even look that much better? No. <laughs> so it, it really is. What did they enhance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm try, I'm playing it. I'm trying to figure it out. They've just made it playable on new PCs, but I agree with you. In order for it to compete in this environment, it would need to be basically Dragon Age. It would have to be a Baldur's Gate remake, Dragon Age, for it to be nostalgically. And, and, and I guess this is the problem. And even it, and even we, then, that's where we get into things like the spiritual successor phenomena, where yeah, I am no in no way should anyone dig up System Shock One to play it. Don't oh, do oh, it. It's, it's so don't, tough. Don't do it. But Bioshock I, I, I even, is a game you should play. play. Yeah. Yeah. Bioshock is a game you should play. And yeah. I, I don't know if I can say that in every case. I mean, we'll see what Shadow of the Avatar, you know, does for the Ultima franchise. But You made me I'm, play I'm Bioshock because you told me I wasn't allowed to play System Shock. I remember there's, that. There's, there's, there's no way that... Richard Garriott's current project, the spiritual successor to Ultima, can be any worse than Ultima Nine. Well, okay, that it helps that El- Ultima Nine died in ice. It's it's set a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're doing some good examples of how nostalgia really does seem to play tricks on us, and it is harder to go back in some games, and some games really are about the nostalgia. You know, oh, yeah. my memories of playing Final Fantasy four at my grandparents' house and talking to my fourth grade or my fifth grade teacher about, you know, traveling to the moon on a giant whale. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff is nostalgia. And I'll yeah. totally well, well, own you, you, the, my favorite you, game that's one of my favorites for that reason. Yeah. Well, I remember you going on at like I, I we we all I'm pretty sure bought um, Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2 HD edition, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I, I and I was surprised about this, Mike. You were the most divisive on it because it, it like it, you gave me the impression that you were hoping for the same feeling that you had when you first played it, 
and you were really let down. I don't yeah. know if, if the faults were more glaring and the nostalgia had kind of washed away, but um, I, f- I felt bad. I, 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 cer- <laughs> I, I certainly was uh, more cognizant of the problems that the game had than I was the first go around because, you know, it was shiny and new and there was moving faces and, <laughs> and all the voice acting, all voice the acting, voice acting, you know, there's, it was, it was new and innovative and I wasn't prepared for it at all. And then I, I playing it again. I was like, Holy crap. This fear grid is completely linear. So why did I let this slide at the time? You know, confession time. Uh, I tried to play final fantasy 10 when it came out. And I remember being so angry with it because I hated everyone and I hated everything about it other than the battle system. Now that I'm an adult, I have this weird appreciation for the game, despite the glaring flaws. You, you, hated, that I every, you hated everyone? How could you hate Oren? I didn't really know much about Oren. I'm like, he clearly no. is just... No. no. I remember... Hey, 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 hold on. I remember saying to my friend when I was playing it with them, like, Oren seems like he's in the wrong game. Yeah, he, he deserves his own game without all these idiots. It's like whenever I play the Atelier games and Sturkenberg appears in the, in the games, I'm just like, you are in the wrong game, Mr. <laughs> Well, especially those pants. To reiterate, we need a prequel with Braska or an inject. We just need it. I, <laughs> you know. but, but to touch on your point, because you were bringing up what I had said on Final Fantasy X and my exact experience, and that's a perfect example. And you know, the piece that I wrote on that really did kind of touch on the fact that I love ten. For the longest time, it was one of my top favorite RPGs. I would list it, you know, not just in my top favorite Final Fantasies. Ten was a favorite. I went into it blind. I went into it in a time where I had kind of gotten out of love with RPGs a little bit. I was playing, you know, the PlayStation 1 era was not something that I look back on fondly outside of, like, Sukoden 1 and 2, Vandal Hearts, and a couple of the Final Fantasy oh, games. Oh, Vandal Hearts. Um, and those games were really the only ones that really, you know, there are probably some others, you know, the Lunar remakes don't really count. I'd played those earlier, but just, you know, the PlayStation one era had kind of dulled my love for just any and everything, like I was mentioning earlier. So I had kind of stopped following RPGs. I wasn't, you know, as close on it. So when I picked up Final Fantasy X, I hadn't read anything about it. I'd actively avoided reading anything about it outside of seeing that it was announced. And just going into it, I, I fell in love. I love the characters from the second I saw Oren, you know, favorite one of my favorite characters of all times. And the voice acting, his voice acting was good. You know, I didn't care about how bad it sounded at the time. It, it didn't matter to me. I enjoyed the battle system. I loved characters, so I enjoyed swapping them out. And I, every single battle I fought, I would swap in every single character every time so they all got experience and everything. And that was great at the time, but replaying it now, it's so, so tedious, and I can't get into it and i don't want to just focus on a few characters i want to keep everybody up but i just felt like the gameplay i was in a point in time where that was what i wanted and now i'm in a point in time where it's the exact same game and i don't want that anymore no okay so what what do we do so what do we do what do we say to people who are interested in plunging the history of gaming like someone is like, you know what? I have fifty bucks. I'm gonna look, go on to Gog. Let's see what we can do. What do we? What do we tell them? Do we say, don't bother and just sort of 
not along with all the no, cult I, favorites or do I, we... I, I think that there's there's value in, in playing some older games absolutely and and i feel like if if you see a value in a game you should absolutely recommend it to someone but the, the bigger thing is being cognizant of what the faults of the game are and yes. how yeah. Because it, it, like it, like all all of us are going to look at our favorite games and we're mostly going to look at them with rose colored glasses. But if, to a newbie, they could walk into it and think any number of things, you know. Mm-hmm. So if, you've got to have expectations tempered going into those, and you've got to yeah. be in the mood to play something old. <laughs> yeah. No, and that that really is the the hardest thing. I know for me personally, and it's true in my reading taste too. I'm such a mood gamer. And for me, it's like, you know, if I'm helping Jooms do the backtrack and I decide ah, I'm going to try to refresh my mind for some of these old games, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? I replayed all of Persona 1. Why on earth would you do that? Remember, honey, I did that. Why did you do that? Because there was a part of me that's like, does this game still hold up based it on what I remember? It doesn't. <laughs> and the answer was obviously, no, it didn't. Um... Which is funny because I've replayed Persona 3 like three times and I've played four two times and I'm like, hey, these have obviously the hook that keeps me going back. Whereas Persona 1, obviously, because it's so archaic, you kind of sit there and go, right, I have to be in the mind, the mindset of, oh, my God, I'm lost. And oh, my God, where's the exit? And why are the, <laughs> why are the dudes like attacking me every two steps? I'm actually playing Persona 2 Innocence in for the first time. And I'm kind of sitting here and going, why am I doing this to myself again? <laughs> but there's a part of me, but there's, there is a yeah. part of me that's like, I didn't play Innocence in. I want to understand why this was a lost game. Like, And I, I know that full well when I'm playing it, but that's obviously where I'm coming from. I haven't put a lot of time into it because it's also, it's not something like Rogue Legacy where I sit there, I pick it up and I'm just like, must keep playing because I'm impatient and angry and I want to beat the well, dude. And, okay, here's another question for you, Sam. You love Rogue Legacy. Oh, God. Would you <laughs> play Rogue? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would not play Rogue. Um, no matter how important it is to, again, history, yeah. um, I know my limitations. Rogue Legacy... For whatever reason, I think my love of it was just more of, I want to see what stupid traits I get and figure out, can I use these stupid traits to my advantage Mm, or disadvantage, depending on the situation. That's a good example that you're bringing up in Rogue Legacy for how I feel, and it kind of goes back to our remake show, (laughs) is that I'll, I'll say that I wouldn't recommend a lot of games that, you know, in their original form to people. No. I think if they have done a... Not just an HD remaster, not just an enhanced edition. If somebody goes through and remakes or spiritually remakes a game, that's about the only time I could really recommend something. Because otherwise, the, it really is hard to just go back and say, yeah, that game is great. Or well, it's more like that game was great. There's very few that I feel like can hold Well, up it's like that. telling people, for example, you know, Chrono Trigger on the DS was pretty much in a way a straight port. Like, if you look at it, there's not really that much new to it. Kind of a um, definitive port, though, at the same time. But I look at that and I go, what's the difference of me recommending that version over my Super Nintendo version? Two extra endings. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I don't... I look, to me, I'm like, I don't, I couldn't care less about two extra mm-hmm. endings. I still played it, but, yeah. you know, I didn't really see the point of why I did that, other than the fact that it's a game I love. I'm comfortable with mm-hmm. it. 
if it's think... anything else, like, I'm sorry, but, you know, you love <laughs> Dragon Quest, Mac. Here's a great example. Would I go play Dragon Quest on the Super Nintendo? Hell no. Yeah, I think that's a good example that you use with Chrono Trigger, and I think that's why people love that game so much and call it one of the best RPGs of all time. And even if it's not one of my personal favorites, I respect the fact that you know, I will never argue with somebody saying that they think it is the best RPG of all time because it does that. It's one of the games that does hold up, and it didn't need to change a whole lot because it still did what it does well and it didn't need to make those changes so despite my my personal bias of it not being a favorite I, I totally respect that game for that very reason because it does hold up in that area and it's not just you know, some of the games can outdo nostalgia and can be you know given just a, a tiny little coat of paint and a new you know user experience you know put on a a new system and it and, will be and the some same quick thing. saves quick saves are important yeah quick save sleep mode whatever is easiest for you to be able to do you know that makes all the difference it's just, it's the same game i just know i don't think i could play dragon quest 4 for an example on the super nintendo oh god no um comparing that to it being my first dragon quest that i actually beat on the ds mm -hmm. why because those extra little features like a quick save were enough to make me go, you know what? I can stop playing anytime I want, yep. and I can go back to it anytime I want, and I don't have to feel like there's a psychotic amount of investment Oh yeah. with the console game compared to a handheld. Like, mm -hmm. look, handheld credits. You can stop at any time and basically feel like you're not monopolizing a television or, you know, driving your partner absolutely crazy because of something you're playing and they're just like this is dreadful why are you doing this to me um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you and I think that's exactly why you're talking or why we were kind of on the same page on that one it's hard and, to go back it's hard to really recommend I wouldn't recommend a lot of games see, in those old aspects I'm the same I don't really recommend a lot of older games like even with my nephew because like he's always asking me like what should I play and I always tell him like you play what you're you enjoy like i yeah. can't i can't recommend a lot of these older rpgs to him because i feel like like what happened with dr luigi he would just be a deer in headlights like what am i supposed yeah. to do and, and that's, that's why... not even with the simplicity aspects of them i think it's just the fact that they are so beyond his time mm -hmm. and some of them just don't have the same level of connection yeah. the way some of these newer games do like i will always give pokemon the credit where it's due because they've managed to milk that forever, <laughs> right? And it's a formula that still works, and it's the same with Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Those are two games where the formulas are just so perfect that, yes, you can pick them up, it's comfortable, you know exactly what you're doing, and there's no confusion, or there's not a lot to learn without feeling like, oh my god, it's overwhelming. Like, I would never give my nephew Disgaea. Or yeah. even more relevant an example, I wouldn't give him an SMT title at this point. Oh no, like even though he would probably love the monster collecting aspect of SMT, my nephew would easily be the person who would absolutely hate the difficulty spikes, yeah. the, philo the philosophical elements, and he wouldn't connect with the characters because he would look at those characters and just think that he has nothing to relate to. Well, he is not a Japanese schoolboy, so there you go. <laughs> well, but do we have any final yeah. thoughts on this topic before we slide into feedback? I don't recommend old games. I don't mind playing them, but I don't recommend them to people. Yeah, same with I, virtual console. That's why I just say screw and don't really care about that kind of stuff anymore either for that same reason. 
Oh, I absolutely recommend older games, and I'm not going to stop recommending older games. I feel like it's almost our responsibility to step up to the plate and tell not just younger generations, but people who are of the same age or just new to the genre where some of the best experiences might be had. I think the key is just communicating the ways in which they may not be able to connect with those games. Providing that's out there, I think we should be continuing to recommend these sort of games yeah and i guess i kind of i don't want to make it sound like i don't think people should play old games as much as my own personal desire is not to go back and to try to convince people that have just played new stuff you know if not why would we even do retro reviews on the site you know it's good to go back because because I thought we did those because Menke is incapable of playing a thing without reviewing it. <laughs> well, I mean, he plays those old ones because of the RPG backtrack. And, you know, having started the RPG backtrack, you know, I love old games and I love to talk about them. But I think if somebody wants to go play them, I will gladly support that. I will gladly Absolutely. give direction, but I'm not going to go tell everybody. In uh, trying to clarify my point, I'm not going to say, well, you should all go back and play this, that, and the other. My... Some people don't want that experience. They have no interest in that. But if you do and you want suggestions, then come to me. My thing is I, I like to gauge a person, truthfully. It's like one of my best friends, she loves RPGs, but she's really particular about them. Like she loves her tales and she loves Valkyrie Profile. But, you know, I, I tell her it's like there are other games where it's like she's playing South Park right now. And she's like, I'm kind of having a hard time with this combat system. She goes, I love South Park, but... It's a combat system, for example, she's just not used to. And, you know, I told her, I said, you know, it takes a bit of getting used to, but once you kind of gain the rhythm, it's it gets easier, right? Like, I'm always trying to be very encouraging, you know, when people are playing games that are a little bit out of their comfort zone, especially ones that I like. Um, I'm never malicious about that because, let's face it, you know, everybody's got their own preferences. And, like, I love Valkyrie Profile, but everyone could tell me, like, that battle system is horrendous, like, what's wrong with you? And I'm okay with it, because I recognize it's something that jives with me and just doesn't jive with you. That's why, like, I always ask a million questions, like, what kind of game do you like to play? This is why I'm going to be an amazing librarian, I'm telling you people, because I have the patience to ask the questions and figure out what they like and what they don't like, and, and that's how I go about it. And you guys are always so good about, with me, like, you all seem to have a really good idea of what I like, despite the fact that I'm the type of person who will, will play anything once just to kind of have a feel for it. Um, and I've told you all straight up when I like something you've recommended to me, and I have no problem telling you, what were you thinking? <laughs> right? Uh, Scott's still the worst for it, though. Yeah. Okay. No offense, sweetie. And as, sorry. But as for me, I think, to come to this, I'm glad a service like GOG exists for people who are comfortable exploring, but... I mean, any time I if I if I, if I seriously like, you know what? You should track down um, the ultimate spinoffs where Warren Spector and Charles Darwin are major are major characters. It's gonna come with the heavy caveat of yes, this is an ultimate spinoff where Warren Spector is a player character, but understand that yeah, it's gonna be rough. And, oh my gosh, the the Underworld games, for instance, both of them, hard as balls. Like, oh yeah. I, I remember someone recommended them to me, and they're like, oh yeah, first person dungeon crawling experience, totally cool. If you're a fan of the franchise, there's a lot there to love. And not wrong, but that game, I'll never go back to. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
That That's really, I guess, what we have to say about that for now. But we do have feedback from last week where we were talking about uh, modern JRPGs and the evolutionary view of game design. And uh, I guess the big feedback was that our uh, old buddy, our uh, new commenter, Victor, decided to be all, well, actually, about the biology in an analogy. <laughs> yeah, like that that that's that was what he decided to log in and post a few hundred words about. So that, I did I, hey, I, maybe I he's I, a biology major. You never I, know. I, I think I think I missed this. Like here's what, the thing, I don't care. I need context. I need context. Uh he he was like I was talking about how we were talking about how pandas are maladaptive sacks of fur, and he was like, No, they aren't, and I'm like well, you know, if you really think about it, they could eat anything, but they do eat only bamboo because they're maladaptive sacks of fur. And that's where, and that that was the bulk of his post. He may have made some comment as to uh, how this relates to game design, but it doesn't <laughs> matter because he opened with "well, actually," so he receives no points. And may God have mercy upon his soul. Well, at the end of the day, you're always going to have a person who does it well, actually. Maybe slightly missed the point. I don't know. No, opening with "well actually" means you have missed the point. Yeah. Well, actually, well, actually, looking um, back on his post, it doesn't actually say that. So, <laughs> well, the tone is "well actually." Oh, okay, yeah, he said too long didn't read version was stop hating on pandas. So he may be a panda fan. Victor, keep but, keep keep loving on pandas, keep, man. Keep loving the, 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 the point. The point, and, and, and due respect to the commenter, due respect to all commenters. To be fair. Um, the, except the, those that suck. Except, <laughs> those, except those that suck. Pandas are great and all, but uh, respecting them is r- irrelevant. And 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 commentaries on their physiology and and ability to procreate and survive are irrelevant to uh, the overall analogy. <laughs> so I don't I don't really see the I don't really see the point. Thank you. Um, yeah. The other the other big strain was. Um, Davy D or David or whatever he is responded to us with a bulleted list, and some of those bullets are things I want to discuss, but perhaps not in the way he thinks. Oh no! Foreshadowing. <laughs> dun dun dun. God, you really are a crotchety old man. Some days. Yeah, I am. I Phil's... do love him. I, I I feel like he 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 he's one of those commenters that always has a decent argument. Here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> He he comes with his best, which is more yes. than I can say for the people that suck, who we've established the pod, the pod, the suck and should not comment anymore. The pod people. The pod people. <laughs> okay, but I think uh, that that's a that that's what we had from feedback. Did we get anything from the Twitter sphere? I didn't see. Not to my knowledge this time, but then again, I have been focusing on not Twitter. Okay. Sorry, sweetie. I don't read comments about ATB to Scott Walker. Sorry. Love you too. Sorry, I'm prepping for that because I have a week of him at the house. <laughs> Are we going to be doing that like every day? Probably. I don't pass the salt to Adrian Denham. Sorry. It's such a good comment. <laughs> okay. It really was. Mac, did you hear anything through the grapevine? No, just uh, enjoying the episodes. I think I did hear a couple people say that, but it's been a month, so I can't remember exactly who because I didn't favor it. So, 
if you did listen and listen to this one and you said you liked it next thank time you. we'll favor it yeah <laughs> yes we, we will th- i never check my favorites you favorite everything i favorite. Uh, i really i'm a favorite slut i, I mean i like if if it, if it makes me smile just a little bit i will give you a star and yeah. i will never think about it again <laughs> my, my favorites are a bookmark for me to check and once i've checked them i unfavored them and that's it i don't no. actually like everything i favorite or yeah, okay but that's beside the point it, it, it is it is a tool for other uses uh but yeah no, uh, always you are free to uh, leave us a comment on the boards about this episode or dig around into old episodes and tell us and, uh, you know, shoot us an email about those. And we will certainly continue to reference them in this segment of the show. Indeed. For good or for ill. So watch what you type. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry, Barry. I don't think I said anything any, anything this time that you could disagree with. So uh, I'm going to have to try harder next next time but okay until Uh, next time for our closing thought uh name everyone has to name a game that should be part of the high school curriculum name an rpg or just any game uh any uh, i mean uh, i'm i'm assuming that three of you will name rpgs how about we name one rpg and one not rpg that we love that should be high school curriculum. We know you're going to say Tetris, so what does it matter? No, because that, that, that's just part of life. That is the background radiation of the universe, is Tetris. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the man I'm marrying on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think people should pity me a little bit. <laughs> Alright, so one yeah. game that people should play before graduating high school. Yeah. To, in order to pass the... All right. On the RPG side, I say you must have played Persona 4. And on the normal game side, I say you must have played and beaten Portal without a fact. That That is fair. I will give you that one. Mm. Trent, what are yours? Uh, um, on the non-RPG side, I would say Silent Hill 2. Because I'm a big fan of symbolism, and I like it when people contemplate the places they go, the people they meet, the dialogue they have. Um, and I and I think that kind of intricate game design needs to be appreciated more, even if you're not a fan of the survival horror genre. Uh, in terms of role-playing games, um, that's, a, that's a really hard question to answer. I think I think more people should play Earthbound, because... Uh, outside of speaking fact, of Earth- symbolism, <laughs> speaking of games that people recommended to me that I couldn't stand, <laughs> uh, outside of the fact that I feel like it has a certain whimsy about it that I really appreciate, it's it's lighthearted in nature. Um, I I love I love the comedy of it. I love the amount of care and detail that was put into it. Um, it can be aggravating at times. There's certain sections that I feel are completely unbalanced and have difficulty spikes and, and really make you question why you're pushing forward. But the thematic messaging of the game is, is so excellent. And the presentation of it, while simplistic in nature, is kind of timeless. And I, I feel like more RPG gamers should play it and more people should buy it off of the virtual networks that maybe, maybe someday we'll get Mother 3. <laughs> ah, I know that's asking a lot. but That, um, that is a hope and dream that uh, 
Yeah. Pipe dream. I think that's also going to be a case in point to prove this episode is true about nostalgia kind of over overshadowing our actual quality if we were to ever actually get Mother 3. It's probably good, but I bet it's still going to be tainted by dated production techniques. Yep. All right. <laughs> but regardless, those would be my choices. Okay, Sam. Um, my choices, uh, for a not RPG, I'm actually going to say, I think everyone should play Digital, a love story by Christine Love, because it's a surprisingly powerful little game. For Wait, her, her name is Love? Her last, her name, last is name is Love. Her last name is Love. And it's called yep. a love story? How appropriate a Digital, is that? a love story, and it's, it's not actually what you think it is. Um, it's a really interesting visual novel. Just kind of, again, looking Are at... Are visual novels games... Shush, you. I think the jury is still out on that, Sam. Topic for another time. That is topic for a different show. I'm not. I'm not uh, getting exactly. into that. I, I like my walking simulators every now and again. If we're not saying our walking simulators, then I'll make the case in point of a different game, Day of the Tentacle. Everyone should play Day of the Tentacle or Maniac Mansion. I think they are wonderful games, and they made me love point-and-click games. Uh, despite, again, not really having a powerful PC, they were the first kind of PC games that I actually actively seek, sought out on my own um, and played, and I, I loved both of them very much. Oh, I'm going to change mine, and I'm going to say that people should have to play The Walking Dead Season 1 in front of a counselor. Before they can graduate high school, because I want to see what kind of choices people make and whether or not they, you know, worry oh, about no. their own um, survival, whether or not they just, you know, say, screw it, let's kill everybody, or whether or not they were more than willing to take a, you know, air conditioner to somebody's head, or, you know, I think that should be a telltale sign if they don't pass. You know, <laughs> just go ahead and put them in another area of society where you can keep them well, on actually, the watch list. Uh, telltale's Walking Dead should literally be uh, your freshman year, half-semester uh, ethics credit. Yes, exactly. That, that, I... is, that is your first college course you should take in, in the liberal arts right there. I was going to say, my RPG choice, I'm sure you're all expecting me to say, like, Sweet Coton 2 or Valkyrie Profile. I'm actually going to say Yakuza 2. Is Yakuza an RPG? Can you just stop for a second? Stop you... doing that. I, I'm going to get fired from the fan club, it's okay. aren't I? It's okay. No, no. It's just um, Yakuza 2 does a lot of amazing things as a beat-em-up as well as, you know, just an RPG. Um, you really play Yakuza 2 because the storytelling in it is brilliant. It is the best of the games that are out there. Really, really thoughtful. Really, really smart writing. Uh, and definitely something you get emotionally invested in, which for me, is really important in games. If I'm not emotionally invested to what I'm doing and the battle system's the only thing keeping me going, it's it's never a good sign. Um, and that that was a game that I, like, sobbed my way through. But again, there are a lot of games I've cried through. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a wuss. All right, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go right very hard against, against the thesis of this show. Oh, God. And say that uh, for RPGs, everyone should play Deus Ex. How about no, I tried, and you failed. Understanding that it is flawed, even at the time it was kind of flawed, but, you know, just just immersing yourself in cyberpunkness. 
because there's that... a, I, I really appreciate it. I, f- I feel like if, if you are a game that offer that if, if you're interested in a game that offers you freedom as opposed to the illusion of freedom of choice, I feel like that's that's a great option. And, and, and I say freedom with the caveat of there being actual repercussions for making poor choices, which is something that I feel well, it, like it a is lot of modern like games. Deus Ex is not about choice. The design of Deus Ex is not about choices. It's about consequences, which I think yeah. is where I where I think a lot of games drop the ball. Oh, absolutely fail! Like uh, <laughs> I think we're starting a whole new show now instead of closing. We, we don't want a new show, but <laughs> well, the, 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 I will be making notes while editing this to see which which topics to do next. But in terms of non RPG, um, go 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 play Tie Fighter. It's amazing. Yes, you need to know thirty buttons to play it. Play Tie Fighter. It's amazing. How about no? I don't like my games with thirty buttons. Remember how I couldn't get through Mugen Souls? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, th- this is different. It's the the, the buttons matter. <laughs> Mugen Souls subsystems don't matter. Buttons in Tie Fighter matter. I Actually, I think what? there are fewer buttons that matter in Tie Fighter than uh, X Wing, just because you don't have shields because you're hardcore. Crazy. I don't know. I don't like this question anymore. <laughs> okay. And with that, uh... Good night. Leave comments, tell friends. Thank you. And recommend your favorite game. Like, that you think is essential. I'm curious. Also, don't pick on my Yakuza. I I cry a lot of tears every week over Yakuza. Why is it that every time I cut the episode, it's with you whining about Yakuza? The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production, all rights reserved. Visit rpgamer.com for contact info, discussions, and other great content. Music by Nubuo Ematsu, arrangements courtesy of ocremix.com.